0: that the frustration of trying to watch CBS All Access is over, I'm fine. <laughs> we should talk about that on the show. I think we should. You ready? I am ready. We don't need an outline or anything. We're just gonna do, we're just gonna do it. Jesus Christ! We've been doing this for eight years. It's, we don't even need an outline for funny books. We do that for the other guys. It's it's like you know just that spontaneous sex on the kitchen floor. That's what this is. That is it's exactly you, you, what the show is. Yeah, you gotta have it right then. It's just like you know, it's like hot, hot podcasting.
1: That's why this is called STD with Aaron and Polly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hello and welcome to Star Trek Discovery with Aaron and Polly. I'm Aaron. This is Paul. And it is STD with Aaron and Polly. Paul, I gotta tell you, it burns when I pee, and it burns when I pee because I am fed the f up with Star Trek with uh, CBS All Access. Well,
1: I a little bit of medical advice if it burns when you pee <laughs> just ignore it i'm sure it'll go away uh-huh, uh-huh. You just just ignore it
0: just yeah, ignore it yeah yeah, yeah just it. thump it a little <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> just yeah. thump it a um little. <laughs> thump it a little uh, uh i i got home tonight because you know you and i you and i had planned to record to talk about uh, episode three of star trek discovery uh context is for kings And uh, I got home this evening. I flipped on my my, uh, CBS All Access. I had my big bowl of chili there to eat my dinner, and I was going to have my chili and watch me some Star Trek. And uh, CBS All Access kept uh, crashing on me at the first commercial break. It crashed on me in the first commercial break. I had to keep replaying the first five minutes, 37 seconds of that goddamn show (laughs) – for over an hour, Paul, before it finally spooled up. And I'm on Twitter blasting CBS and all these other people are doing the same thing because, you know, it was a, apparently a server issue or something. Oh my God, it was frustrating. And, you know, I pay for this service. I pay. and, And one of the things I did, Paul, was I'm like, okay, well, let's see if it's, if it's, you know, my internet, you know, so I'm testing my internet, my internet's fine. I watch another show on CBS All Access. I watched that piece of shit after Trek show. Uh, oh how was that? Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and I like Matt Myra, but it you know, it it's not talking dead. You know, it is uh it, it is Matt Myra's trying very and it's the first episode, so maybe he'll he'll find his legs, but uh, uh, it was it was awful and i watched it through the commercial and it went through its commercial just fine um and so i went back to star trek discovery and still that problem Oof. it was still that problem where it wasn't switching from the commercial and like i said over an hour that it did that until finally i got through that is oh my god i hates me some cbs all access
1: well, you know what's funny. I actually was worried. I think in our first episode, I or maybe even in a, a previous episode of Funny Books, I had mentioned that I was concerned that CBS's plan to release all the to release episodes on Sunday nights at eight thirty would ultimately result in issues with people getting the episode when it went live. Like everyone would try to stream it on Sundays at eight thirty. Um, now, I uh, I had issues with the Xbox One app. So instead, I Chromecasted it from my phone to my Google, my Chrome stick or whatever the hell it's called. Um, and yeah. I had zero problems. The Chromecast. The Chromecast. Zero problems on Sunday mm-hmm. evening watching the show. Um, I actually, you know, the, the first episode I had watched via CBS All Access was the second episode or the second part of that first uh, two-parter. And um, I had complained about the problems with the the commercials. And it sounds like, based on what I'm seeing online tonight, the, the commercials were what was causing issues to, uh,
0: this evening as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, was, it would stri- the, first, the, fr- the cold open streamed just fine, right? There was some frame loss, you know, yeah. like it would stick on an image. And, you know, uh, I don't notice that on Netflix. I don't notice that on Amazon Prime. But I do notice that that's an issue on CBS All Access. And I should but clarify, it got that to-
1: did happen for me as well.
0: Yeah. But uh, the, you know, the audio was fine. It would just stick on a frame from every now and again. But uh, the when it got to the commercial break, it, it would just fall apart. I mean, it would it would jump out of Chromecast. And so initially I was like, well, is that a Chromecast issue? And so I tested Chromecast. Chromecast was fine. Internet was fine. The other shows on CBS All Access was fine. It was just the one show that I wanted to watch. The one show that I continued this goddamn prescri- subscription for. Paul, <laughs> <laughs> yes, Aaron, you've paid five ninety nine this month to watch uh, to watch Star Trek Discovery, and you'll watch it when we want you to watch it. On demand? No, no. When we tell you, you can watch it. Yeah. That's when you can watch this show. Well, and so uh, earlier today, so
1: I had subscribed to CBS All Access last Wednesday, um, you know, for the free week because I wanted to make sure that I had two full episodes to to gauge my thoughts on the show. And then we can we can get off of this in a minute and actually talk about context is for kings. Uh, but I I I saw on on Twitter. Hey, I went, you know, people who went to, I probably, to prevent the mass exodus of people canceling uh, CBS All Access today or this week, I went to cancel it, or or someone told me that if you go to cancel it, it'll offer you a free month. That's what happened. So basically, (laughs) now I have CBS All Access until November 4th. Uh, for free, which is great, except that the fricking season or this first half of the season (laughs) doesn't end until November 12th. So I'm paying $6 regardless, but at least I'm not paying 12.
0: Right. Right. Well, and I I think, I think we should, we should credit the source from where it came from. I believe you got that information from Neil deGrasse Dalton. (laughs) Neil Uh, deGrasse
1: Dalton, the genius. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> that is correct uh, Neil, Neil deGrasse Dalton on uh, Twitter uh, alerted us to that earlier today. I'm wondering if that works for me. I wonder if I go in to cancel my subscription as someone who's been subscribing, I think since February. I wonder if uh if I'll get a free month.
1: Well, try it. I mean, I will say I think I'm you, going to cl- if you click the cancel subscription button it it is an instant the, offer and it just says, did you do that in the app or did you do that on the website? I did it on the website okay. I will check that out. And today is the day that it was going to renew. So I I went ahead and did it. And uh, now I won't be charged for another
0: month. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, it's interesting. I I think you're the one who forwarded an article to me this week that talked about the real reasons why Star Trek Discovery is on CBS All Access. Yes. And uh, this article uh, put forth the idea that. The CBS All Access platform is not designed to be profitable. It's designed to provide uh, uh, leverage at the negotiations table when CBS is negotiating the rights to its shows. So you know when they when this this gives them an opportunity to say, well, I don't have to license Big Bang Theory to you, cable channel. I've got my own platform and I can just bring it over here. I don't I don't need you. To show my repeats. Yep. I think that's actually a, a, a I, I, that makes a whole lot of sense to me, Paul.
1: It does, you know, and, and to a certain extent, Star Trek Discovery, the only intent of Star Trek Discovery is not necessarily to to have a successful Star Trek show, which puts the second season in doubt, but rather a, bus- a, a very intelligent business decision that basically makes CBS All Access more attractive. Um, you know, and 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 makes TBS more profitable, um, regardless of the success of the show. B- basically, the show has already been enough of, of a success for them to pay for
0: itself. Um, yeah. Well, and Netflix paid to for all of the production costs because yeah. they licensed it for you know everywhere but the U.S. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm fairly convinced that you know in the event CBS All Access doesn't wind up being an ongoing thing. <laughs> That there's a you know there is enough interest and you've already paid all the startup costs. There's no reason why you wouldn't go to a second season.
1: I would agree. I mean, here's yeah. the thing: it, it, it while the article is very interesting and perhaps very true, it also makes me a little bit sad that Star Trek, as a property that it, we love, is being used basically as leverage rather than being produced by people who are passionate about the show. Uh, yeah, and and, and um, every week we're about or I say every week it's only been one um but every couple of days <laughs> that i mentioned to Aaron how he should be seeing The Orville
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I will I will keep working on you Aaron uh because that is a I watched a the first sh- episode more episodes of The Orville the first episode is actually the worst <laughs> episode of the bunch um uh, you know because I it is a show that is clearly produced by people who have a passion for Star
0: Trek well I, I it is my intention to watch it It's on my DVR. I just, you know, as I mentioned previously, I think I mentioned on Funny Books as opposed to here on the Star Trek show. But uh, football preempted the second episode for me. And so it only caught like the first 15 minutes of that episode because it got you know, pushed back by 45 minutes or so. So I just haven't gone out to On Demand or wherever else to go watch that second episode because, you know, I like to watch them in order. Do it. So I'm going to. God, get off my back. God. Fine. So
1: (laughs) this week or this past Sunday at 8.30 p.m., the third episode of Star Trek Discovery finally revealing the actual USS Discovery, as well as the captain and crew of the USS Discovery, um, was revealed in uh, episode three. Context is for kings. Aaron, you just finished watching this episode probably about 15 minutes ago. Yeah, yeah, sure so, did. Why don't you hit me up with your initial thoughts?
0: I like this episode a lot better than the previous two hours. Um, I There are things that drive me crazy about it, I, I let me say that. Uh, but I, I thought that it was a much more interesting story. I think it's a much more interesting crew. They spent time, you know, like for instance, with the engineer uh, to let you get to know that person, uh, and they didn't do quite so much of that in the previous two hours. Um, I, I think I'm having to adjust my expectations of this show. This is not, this is much more Battlestar Galactica than it is Star Trek. Um, it is, it is, uh, it, it is not going to follow the standard f- Star Trek format. And I think I'm fine with that. Um, it's unexpected. I, you know, when I hear that we're getting back to good old fashioned Star Trek, uh, and you hit me with three hours of, of programming that's nothing like Star Trek, <laughs> uh, it, it, it's a bit confusing. So I sometimes wonder if the producers and the people talking about the show professionally are, you know, understand the words that are coming out of their mouths because, you know, uh, there was a big promise to get back to original, you know, original, uh, The original sensibilities around Star Trek, and that's not been the case. But that said, you know, there were things about the show that I liked. For instance, um, there was an organic sense of humor to the show. Um, You know, when uh, Michael, like a dude, Burnham, uh, her roommate, says, Michael, I've never met a female named Michael. Um, You know, except the only only female named Michael I've ever heard of is uh, the mutineer. Hey, (laughs) you're not the mutineer. And just the slow, cold turn, (laughs) Uh, I kind of dug that. I also dug where uh, the first officer who has served with Michael Burnham previously explains to the captain that Michael Burnham, Michael like a dude Burnham, is uh, uh, the, the smartest Starfleet officer with which he's ever served. And the captain turns to the engineer and goes, and she's met you. So uh, and he's met you. So it, it kind of cracked me up. So there are there are moments that were genuinely funny and Star Trek doesn't g- usually do that very well.
1: So I have some differing different thoughts than you <laughs> on the on the same moments. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, one point that I do want to agree with you on is that basically uh, for for what it's worth, this is not a Star Trek show. Um, no, it's battle it's more BSG than Star Trek and oh. recent BSG, two thousand three BSG, correct. not original.
0: Correct. Um, that, is, that is correct. I, I didn't mean to say it was it was uh, the original Battlestar Galactica. It's Ron Moore's Battlestar Galactica.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, I, while I find that in this third episode there are aspects that I enjoyed, which I'll get to here in a minute. Um, I feel like you know, okay, well, yeah, that was a fine episode for a, for a show that's not called Star Trek. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, the, the fact that the episode, which I don't know if you noticed this, uh, is rated TVMA, um, is indicative of the fact that this is does not have the right feel for a Star Trek show. A Star Trek show, for me, shouldn't be rated TVMA. And quite frankly, this is from the guy who fought with Wayne on Funny Books with Aaron and Pauly about there being an R-rated Batman versus Superman version. I was okay with that, but for some reason, a TVMA Star Trek just rubbed me wrong. Yeah. Um
0: it's which quite frankly i don't know why it was rated tvma but i don't either i i didn't i did not notice that it was rated tvma i heard her say shit at one time yes uh and there was i guess the... the gore the blood and you know from the the, the gore that... wasn't i mean the gore it was... was almost nothing yeah, it was it was, it was so dark yeah it was so dark you couldn't see it so i'm i i don't know why it would be rated tvma
1: yeah i'm with you on that but yeah so you know i I feel very strongly that the show for to, takes everything. It, it, it is Star Trek in name only in that they, they are trying to fit this story within the continuity of an existing Star Trek to appeal to the fans. But ultimately, you've created a show that doesn't have any of the things that Star Trek fans love. And you are calling a show Star Trek Discovery. But ultimately, the show is not about discovery. It's about war. And it's yeah. about, you know, how can we beat the bad guys? And quite, you know, I know you you mentioned the humor in the show, you know, the subtle humor. And for me, I felt like the humor was too subtle because I felt like everyone was an asshole. And I felt like the one person who wasn't an asshole, the one person who wasn't like just a liar or a, or just a complete asshole was her roommate. And she was portrayed as an idiot. um, Mm -hmm. At least at first, you know, just like this, this, she's going to be captain someday, Paul. I know, but that's my point. Like this ditzy (laughs) idiot, like, Oh, I'm going to be captain one day. And you know, you can see Michael Burnham's face. And I'm like, okay, like, why is the one good-hearted person in this show portrayed like an idiot? Because everyone else, like, everyone else is a jerk. Like, you know, Michael Burnham is introduced to the crew of the Discovery, and every single one of them is a jerk. And I gotta say, that is so very different than even Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine is the, the show that really introduced flawed, complex characterization to the Star Trek universe. And even in that first episode, even with someone like Quark, who was, you know... Uh, 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 or, or, or um, and any of the other characters, really, that, that were introduced in that first episode, they were flawed, but they had warm moments. They had likable aspects to them. Whereas, as much as I enjoy Jason Isaacs as an actor, like... I, I I as a captain I think he's just a terrible person. <laughs> like there was nothing in the show that 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 gave me the gravitas or the leadership principles that I expect from a Starfleet captain, the engineer. Like he was just a, t- a also just cruel. Like why are people why are people so mean to each other? And not just to Michael. And that, it, it would be one thing if people were mean to Michael because she started this war, but they're mean to each other. Everyone dislikes each other. And that's that's that is something that is um very different from from the star treks of of pre of the star treks that i've enjoyed where these crews have maybe started maybe with flaws or or not necessarily loving each other you know even the kelvin universe kirk and spock you know they got into their fist fight but they grow to be family in this i just i feel like these people to their core just dislike each other
0: yeah well i number one i kind of like captain Lorca um i, I dislike I, him. I like the concept
1: of him i like the mad scientist something's under the, the surface kind of yeah. aspect to him but he just i don't know for for what it's worth he seems more like um grand admiral
0: Thrawn than he does yeah, Captain he does. Of a starfleet ship he does i can't figure out what accent he's doing though I, I you know there i was like is he doing a southern accent what's he doing what's he doing there um but you know, one of the things I find really interesting, they, they spent so much money on sets and the, the the dressing of the ship, right? The plainest, simplest, most disinteresting room you know, is his ready room. He's got a standing table, which, hey, I admire. I want a standing table in my office. Um, he's got a standing table, and that's really it. He's got a great view, but there's nothing else in that ready room. I, I find that interesting. Um, one of the things that I'm struggling with on, in this episode, Paul, is I get that she committed mutiny. I get that you know Michael, like a dude Burnham, performed an act of mutiny. She, she's, you know, Vulcan neck gripped the uh, the, the captain of uh, the Shenzhou. But beyond that, nothing happened as a result of her mutiny. Well, it wasn't – yeah. I mean, everything everything it, else that happened in that – everything else in that episode that happened would have happened if Michael Burnham put her hands in her pockets and did nothing. Fair. But she also killed the guy. Well, yeah. No, absolutely. She did kill that Klingon guy. But her act of mutiny – everyone to act like her act of mutiny is, is the thing that, that was terrible and awful, right? That's not – I mean she was under captain's orders when she boarded that Klingon ship. Yeah, she was supposed to stun that Klingon. I just wish people would make that distinction. You were supposed to capture the Klingon and bring him back. And by the way, we failed to point this out in the last episode, but it seems only appropriate to point out that now the most important Klingon is the white Klingon. I, I just want to point that, that out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. Well, come on. and so this
1: is an observation. And, you know, keep in mind, this is, you know— I, aaron and i are you know aaron's a white dude i'm a puerto rican guy you know it's not it it, it is an observation that i found interesting which is that star trek uh you know they are advertising the show as a very diversified star trek featuring you know an african-american female as the lead but do you find it a little interesting that they that she's also a convict (laughs) <laughs> and and the one who started a war like it's not like you know it, it, it Cisco Benjamin Cisco was different you know he 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 was a captain and you know he he commanded respect but you know they're they're making a big deal about this african american lead but they've you know ultimately you know she spent 6 months in prison i mean like she's not a good person in fact uh i i i don't like her i don't like her at all um yeah no you still don't like her you know yeah. what i no, find interesting it, I, I don't either yeah I, and I gotta say, Aaron, one thing that bugged the shit out of me in this episode, genuinely bugged the shit out of me, was her quoting Alice in Wonderland while crawling through those tunnels. It seemed totally unnecessary. I think they could have had the introduction of the Alice in Wonderland book that she gave to her friend later on, her friend, her roommate, later on, without that scene. And I don't know why that bugged me, but it just seemed so ridiculously forced. Mm-hmm. Um, it 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 was a, it was a, a I enjoyed that creature scene, you know, I, I really enjoyed the the way it was filmed and and that whole spooky sp- horror element to this episode. Um I feel like that's where the episode really found its footing is when they were on that ship dealing with the creature mm-hmm. and until she was crawling through that tube, quoting the book, like I I just I I didn't get it.
0: Can I say that the thing that that more than anything else in this episode that that just was nails on the chalkboard to me was the site-to-site transporter beaming. Yes. You know, never done in an original series. Um... You know, when they needed to, to get down to another deck, they walked to that deck. And, you know, while it's never stated in canon, it's always supposed that they just didn't have that technology back in the original series era. The reality is, is that they didn't see a need for it, right? Yeah. They needed to get somewhere. They'd walk there. The whole reason they had transporters was because they didn't want to have to to uh, have a shuttlecraft sequence every time they needed to go down to the planet. Um, I just... I'm just like, come on there there's an e- e- you, this is one of those things that you could have easily have stayed within the canon, right yeah, you it, it's easily necessary. could have. yeah, all you had to do was just show them walking out and then walking in. You didn't need to do a site to site transporter, and that just irritated the living hell out of me it,
1: it, It's funny you mentioned that because I had um you know the uh Brett. Reached out on our Facebook page, uh, and I know Brett personally. He says uh, it just doesn't feel like Trek. The mood and tone are wrong. I don't like any of the characters. Unless this turns out to be the Mirror Universe, I'm not buying Malfoy as captain. Harry Potter reference yeah. that Aaron doesn't get. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not buying Malfoy as captain. Sight to sight transporters and Section Thirty One top secret experiments. I'm out. So you know,
0: I mean, he, he, what the black badges are? Are the black badges Section Thirty One or are they Makos? I do not know. I, I you know there's the was the, ob- the observation in the episode I've never seen black badges before. And I was just assuming Mako's, but now that you mentioned section thirty one I wonder.
1: Yeah. Well, especially with the you know, the, the, the concluding uh, uh part of the episode where it's revealed that um Captain what's his face? I'm gonna call him Captain Malfoy. Yeah. Um, Captain okay. Malfoy has his top secret experiment room that has a Gorn skeleton and all sorts of things. Um, and it seems like the the cat will be let out of the bag rather quickly because the, the commercial for next week's episode shows Michael Burnham in that room. But yeah, it, it, it goes to my point of I like a deeper mystery. Even in a Star Trek show, I like a deeper mystery. I am OK with the Captain like I said, being this mad scientist and there's enough there to, to draw me back to the show. I don't, I'm being very hard on this episode, but I will say out of the three, this has been my favorite episode.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I am absolutely my favorite of the three. Um, but it's still not Star Trek to me. So Paul, yes, we've sir. come to the point in our show in which, you know, we promised our listeners that we would have a conversation about whether or not we continue beyond these first three episodes. Um, now, you know, I think part of that has been alleviated by the fact that, you know, you've got a month free of CBS All Access. So you're not actually having to pay <laughs> uh, for, for that period of time. True. But let me ask you, uh, you know, we, we, we've had a number of uh, listeners provide feedback. Every single one of them that I've seen has enjoyed uh, the conversation and, and has asked us to continue. So what do you think, Paul? Do we plow on? Do we do an episode four, five, maybe even six?
1: I think we go for the first half of this season. So that the first half so, of the season ends on November 12th. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I am willing to commit for the first half of this season.
0: So we'll go through episode nine. Through episode and nine. And then we'll reassess.
1: And then we will reassess uh-huh. um, with you guys, you listeners, um, what I would say again. Soliciting your feedback. If you like the show, let us know on uh, our discussion. <laughs> you, you can dislike *Stargate Discovery* all you want, but if you like this show, um, uh-huh. you know, let us know on Twitter. Let us know on Facebook. Uh, give us a call on the *Ideology of Madness* hotline, which we haven't actually brought up on the show, but we do have a phone number:
0: uh, nine seven. that number once again is 972-763-5903 and if we use your voicemail on the air you'll win a coveted valuable ideology of madness surprise
1: yeah definitely give that number a call leave us a quick review you know let's get your voices on the air let's get your thoughts out there we'd love to you know to communicate with you guys um we I, i like i said i'm committed for the first nine episodes after that we'll see Um, and before we wrap up, I do want to mention that Aaron and I, Aaron and I were talking. Oh dear. Um, and you know, we, we, we had pondered this format, you know, it's just a brief format. I know we're we're almost going on a half an hour here, but you know, the, the, the concept is between 20 and 30 minute brief conversations about television shows that we watch mutually that don't necessarily fall into the funny books banner, um, kind of thing because the other guys don't watch it. And you know, their eyes can glaze over when we're talking about some of these things. Um, (laughs) You know, we, Aaron and I are very big fans of the Exorcist television show. Oh, yeah. And Exorcist season two has premiered. Um, we we are, uh, I, I've seen that Aaron has not yet seen the premiere, um, you know, and it's one of those things that if you guys are interested in hearing us talk about it, we will, you know, make efforts to catch the show as close to the premieres as possible. Um, so uh, this is another solicitation for you guys that if you are interested in hearing us talk about the Exorcist, let us know um, on Twitter, Facebook, social media, um, Instagram, uh, phone number, ideologyofmadness at gmail.com. Any way you can get a hold of
0: us. leave a note on Paul's car. Yeah. You know, in lipstick. Just put it put there under the wiper blade. You know, we'll post it. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Then maybe Paul's maybe cool on the that. bathroom mirror while I'm in the shower.
0: Um, But let us know if you're just start moving the Ouija board, you know, exactly. Uh, But if you guys are interested
1: in that, let us know because that's something that Aaron and I would love to talk about. However, um, you know, it's just dependent on you guys. We're going to talk about it regardless. But if you guys want to hear our conversation about it, that's right. That's what we want to hear from you. Um,
0: That is exactly how funny books came around, by the way. It it really is. Is exactly how funny books came around. Ah, All right. Well, hey, I'm going to queue up uh, one conversation for next time where I know we're getting ready to wrap up. And I I meant to bring this up earlier, but next time I want to talk about the opening credit sequence and get your thoughts on that. So, uh, you know, if you've got feedback on the opening credit sequence, let us know so we can include it in next week's conversation. That sounds cool. Yeah. I want you to have a great week. We'll see you next time for episode four. Live long and prosper. Or or do that. You know, that's fine, too. (laughs)